3: March the 7th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. You have survived the weekend. Some of us better than others, I would imagine. But uh, praise be to God. It is it is done, it is over, we are here, and we're gonna have a great show. Today, we're gonna to have Karen Garnett back on the program. She is somebody we talked to a very long time ago in the early days of Catholic Drive Time. She is with Heroic Media and the National Luncheon, and we're gonna have a conversation about a post v. world, how pro-life organizations are gonna to have to pivot in that environment if that in fact turns out to be the case that's coming up at 35 past the hour at 15 past the hour however jason jones is back on the program we're going to be talking about his efforts uh to save ukrainians to help ukrainians get out of the country and we're also going to be talking about his article over at the stream about uh, picking winners and losers in this conflict and and the the difficulties of doing that successfully that's coming up with jason jones at 15 past the hour lots in the news today i'm sure we're going to be covering uh, a lot of this in fact uh, there is sort of a de facto ban on russian oil and uh, i from what i'm reading that they're having a hard time selling their oil over there. They're they're offering huge discounts under the market rate, and still countries aren't purchasing the Russian oil. And uh, That's obviously affecting things around the planet. Uh, Ukraine has announced they're rejecting their corridors to Belarus or to Russia. They want their people to escape elsewhere, not to those countries. Civilians and press, I've seen some disturbing video over the weekend of civilians being attacked as they're trying to escape the war. So those stories, plus... I paid three three dollars and eighty nine cents per gallon in the state of Texas over the weekend. National average up eleven percent since last week. Four dollars a gallon, uh, over four dollars a gallon now national average. So that's fun. Uh, Biden vows to keep federal COVID emergencies in place no matter what Congress does. That's that's awesome. Yeah, praise God for that. And good news, New York. Good news, Boston. Guess what's coming your way? Giant invasive parachuting spiders. Are going to be blanketing the East Coast. That's that's headed your way. <laughs> that and the Second Coming, I'm sure, is all in the news today. Praise be, to God. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos.
4: Good morning, Joe. And I'm pretty sure those parachuting spiders are. Uh, you know, that's an act of war. So we gotta <laughs> we gotta get
3: prepared for that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so let's close wars. off the airspace
3: here on the East Coast. We're, we're just checking off the boxes. You know, wars, rumors of wars, plagues, uh, yeah. pestilences. What's after that? Okay. Where do the spiders fit in one more time? <laughs> Giant parachuting spiders. That's crazy. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on The Ones and Twos. Good morning to Adrian.
2: Does that mean that Australia has declared war on us? Is that Should what that is? is? Flying that flying
3: spiders? They're from Japan, uh, I mean, they,
2: they can only be from Australia. I mean, some kind of creature like that? It's got to be Australia. There's no the way It's got The be
3: world's most uh, – is it venomous or poisonous? I always forget with spiders. I think the world's most venomous spider is from Australia, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. And they all
2: wouldn't fly. I, mean, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if, uh, if uh, the spiders in, uh, in Australia sprout, sprout wings and like, look like physical birds. That, that would not surprise me in the slightest. Yikes. Yikes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well we haven't had a a giant uh spider movie in a long time so maybe hollywood will be inspired now to come up with the with, with it was this. The, we missed the uh Has the, the killer
2: hornets right so now we have these spiders yeah,
3: that's right and remember the locust plague right before the the covid thing hit we had Good times. F- oh, massive oh yeah, remember that locust swarms it was it was pretty intense i miss so. those days Yeah. So biblical prophecies coming to to a pass in front of our eyes? Who knows? I don't know. But we are going to have a great show today, praise be to God. Uh, I am glad my weekend is over. It was not a fun weekend for me. Did you guys do anything good over the weekend?
4: (laughs) It was a a weekend of suffering for me as well, Joe.
3: Was it really? I'm so sorry.
4: (laughs) And it continues today.
3: I had a be- I had a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: great. I had a, I, I, uh, I celebrated my birthday on Saturday and I happy had a birthday. bunch of my friends were over and we had a had a good time. It was good. We uh, played a field games, so that was fun. And you know, so would you like me things. to sing "Happy Birthday" to you? Like Maryland definitely Monroe? don't. Please no. Oh, okay. uh, and I spare would pay for that. me. I mean, extra you, you would pay for that? Yikes! Happy birthday. <laughs> okay, hey, never mind. No, I take it back. no, no, I <laughs> don't. <laughs>
5: Sanctions against that, apparently.
4: <laughs> she had COVID. She was so like she was breathing so hard.
3: All right. Well, uh, listen. I want to thank Yvonne on Saturday for offering our prayer, sacrifices, and sufferings for our 2022 Lenten campaign uh, for the Catholic drive time team. Thank you, Yvonne for being on the team and offering those, uh, sufferings. Lori Powell, CDT insider, always hanging out with us every single day. Good morning to you, Lori. Thank you for suffering for us yesterday, offering your prayers, your, your sufferings, your, and your petitions for the conversion of, uh, heretics and blasphemers grave sinners, and for peace in the world we're very grateful to you Lori. and today it's going to be Lu- lucia good morning to you lucia thank you for being a part of our campaign and offering your day today for our for our intentions and if anybody else wants to join us you you know the spots are actually covered but we want to double up as much as possible so you can still go to the website grnonline.com forward slash cdt And Find the information there, but we're going to begin by praying our golden arrow prayer Which is a part of our campaign in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen May the most holy most sacred most adorable most Incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised blessed loved adored and glorified in heaven on earth and Under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos.
4: Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today's Monday, March 7th, and these are your headlines. Reuters reports, IMF says war in Ukraine will have severe impact on global economy. The International Monetary Fund said the war in Ukraine was already driving energy and grain prices higher and had sent a wave of more than 1 million refugees to neighboring countries. The ongoing war and associated sanctions on Russia will also have a severe impact on the global economy, it warned, noting that the crisis was creating an adverse shock to inflation and economic activity at a time when price pressures were already high. And Breitbart reports Putin warns of wider war from a no-fly zone as a key port siege resumes. Any movement in this direction will be considered by us as a participation in an armed conflict by that country, Putin said. Russia declared a ceasefire earlier this week to open a humanitarian corridor out of the areas of the fiercest battles in Mariupol. Excuse me if I mispronounce that. Officials said the city's 450,000 population could begin to leave by bus or private cars. However, the ceasefire did not last after both Russia and Ukraine blamed each other for not extending the ceasefire. Capturing Mariupol. Presents a larger, a larger prize for Russian forces as it would deal a severe blow to Ukraine's maritime access and connect with troops coming from annexed Crimea and the Donbas. And LifeSite reports: Oregon Senate approves a bill forcing insurance companies to foot abortion bills indefinitely. Oregon's Democrat-controlled state Senate vetoed Wednesday to force insurance companies in the state to pay for abortion claims, permanently enforcing a 2017 bill which requires both uh, health insurance health insurers to provide for abortions. The bill, which passed with 18 Democrat votes in favor and 8 Republican votes against, decrees that any health benefit plan offered in the state must provide coverage for screening and appropriate interventions for abortions as well as any contraceptive drug device product approved by the FDA. And the AP reports Florida Senate passes GOP election police bill. The Florida Senate passed a voting law package Friday that was pushed by Governor Ron DeSantis that would create a police force dedicated to pursuing election crimes. DeSantis proposed the need for an election police unit last year, citing allegations of fraud following former President Donald Trump's claims that his re-election was stolen. And those are your headline news this morning.
2: God love you. The saint of the day is St. Paul the Simple. He was born around the mid-3rd century, and Paul was a farmer who at the age of 60 discovered that his beautiful wife was having an affair, and so he left her to become a hermit. Approaching St. Anthony of the Desert, Paul indicated his desire to become a monk. Anthony responded by saying that it would be quite impossible for a man of 60 years of age to adopt such a radical lifestyle. He instead encouraged Paul to be content with his life of being a thankful and pious laborer. Paul was unsatisfied with this answer and responded by pleading his will to learn. Anthony said that if he wished to be a monk, he should go to the Cenobium. With this, St. Anthony shut the door and Paul remained outside. On the fourth day, St. Anthony, fearing lest he should die, took him in. He set him to work, weaving a rope out of palm leaves, making him undo what he had done and do it again. That night at dinner, St. Anthony took a crust of bread and gave three to Paul. When each had eaten one crust, Anthony told Paul to eat another. If you have another one, I will, said St. Paul, but not if you won't. I've had quite sufficient for one who is a monk, said Anthony. Paul replied, and then one is enough for me, for I want to be a monk. St. Anthony continued to test Paul's endurance and humility through hard work, severe fasting, with nightly vigils, constant singing of the psalms and prostrations. Anthony, who was impressed by Paul's dedication, permitted Paul a separate cell several miles from his own. Eventually, it was said that Paul the Simple was able to cast out demons. Anthony, it is recorded, had passed a a possessed youth, saying, I cannot help the boy, for I have not received the power over the prince of the demons. Paul the Simple, however, does have this gift. He died in 339 A.D., St. Paul the Simple, pray for us.
3: Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Jesus said to his disciples, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, a stranger and you welcomed me, naked and you clothed me, ill and you cared for me in prison and you visited me then the righteous will answer him and say lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you when did we see you ill or in prison and visit you and the king will say to them in reply amen i say to you whatever you did For one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and did not minister to your needs? He will say to them, Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Chrysostom would say, by setting forth to all the world the good works of his faithful servants, the sovereign judge silences the murmurs of the reprobate who might otherwise object that they had it not in their power to do good, In the same manner, the conduct of the wise virgins was the condemnation of the foolish ones, the diligence of the faithful servant, of the sloth and drunkenness of the idle one, the zeal of the servants who multiplied the talents entrusted to them, of him that hid his talent in the ground, and the fervor of the observers of the commandments, of the negligence and remissness of those who are ever transgressing or transgressing them close quote saint chrysostom pray for us i think this reminds us that we can all do something well i am reminded of the good thief next to our lord on the cross we can all do something if not to witness to our lord to offer our suffering to our lord to give ourselves to him none of us are without the effort of the ability to do something let us meditate on that we'll be right back jason jones and what's concerning us is coming up after this short break do me a favor though and share catholic drive time with a friend be right back
0: some atheists argue that the universe is a mere brute fact the universe just exists they say and that's that it has no explanation at all how can we respond first Atheists wouldn't allow theists to use this argument. Can you imagine if a theist said, God's just a brute fact, no rhyme or reason to his existence? He'd be laughed off the stage. Second, the argument is self-refuting. It denies rational argumentation for the belief itself. If brute facts are possible, well, then the conclusion, the universe is a brute fact, itself might be a brute fact having no connection to truth or logic, in which case we would have no reason to accept it as true. Therefore, the argument defeats itself. For these reasons, we can say that it's absurd to argue that the universe just exists without any sort of explanation. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
1: There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God.
6: We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org.
3: praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you praise be to god coming up at 35 past the hours karen garnett she is the vice president of culture at heroic media we're gonna have a conversation about a pro a post pro roe v wade world and what pro-life organizations are gonna to have to do to pivot in that potential environment again we don't know if that will be the case But everybody's kind of leaning that way and june will know more but karen garnett's going to be our guest at 35 past the hour we're hoping to speak with jason jones he's got a new article out over at thestream.org the headline goes both russia and the west are sacrificing ukraine's people like pawns and it's a very interesting article i've gone through it a couple of times and it reminds me of our conversation that we had with eric sammons from crisis magazine So waiting on uh jason jones to join us now and uh, i guess adrian you'll have to let me know when that when he's ready and queued up let me just read a little bit of this article to you and what's interesting about jason jones is his organization the vulnerable people project is over there right now helping ukrainians get out of the country and over the weekend i saw some insane footage of journalists under fire i saw some civilians being attacked and unfortunately killed in the crossfire War is hell and we should try to avoid it as much as we can and this is a good example of that. But here's a little bit of this article out of the stream from Jason Jones. If you're paying close attention to the conflict in Ukraine, you're probably confused. You see graphic footage, <clears throat> excuse me. You see graphic footage of modern war and you're naturally horrified. The media tells you that Vladimir Putin launched this war and that is true. They tell you the war is unjust the Christian thinkers agree. He didn't exhaust every possible peaceful means of resolving his grievances with Ukraine and fight as a last resort. But that's about all the media are telling you. They don't think Americans have the patience or interest in going beyond the surface. Instead, a news and opinion shows with few, expectations, few exceptions rather, are painting with very broad strokes. And an old familiar palette adrian is jason jones on the show
2: no he's not at the moment he uh getting straight to voicemail so um, might be uh still asleep but hopefully he'll call in I uh, <laughs> well, send that's him a text fun. message so
3: let me Unwilling, know if, willing, if, we'll if, if he jumps on i'll keep reading everything is world war ii everyone is literally hitler Putin is the aggressor which makes him like Hitler. Americans who don't want to send our troops and planes to interfere are like the appeasers, like Neville Chamberlain. If we do intervene, we will triumph quickly and cleanly and leave behind shiny democracies like West Germany and Japan. A U.S. Senator, Lindsey Graham, chairman of the ju- Judiciary Committee, has called on Russia Russian officers to murder its head of state, invoking, of course, the attempts to assassinate Hitler. A few dissenters from this consensus cite a different set of historical precedents. Conservatives like Pat Buchanan, Pedro Gonzalez, uh, and the Stream Zone John Zmerek. Uh, <clears throat> suggests that we aren't in danger of another October 1938 when Britain appeased the Nazis. Instead, we face another August 1914 when major powers stumbled blindly and arrogantly into an unthinkable destructive war. Publics manipulated by one-sided media coverage crowded the streets to cheer on that war against barbarism. But its aftermath largely destroyed Western civilization, all without nuclear weapons, such as as Russia now has in its thousands. The people of Ukraine have every right to defend their country's independence, and we should pray for their success. We need a quick end to the fighting and a compromise peace that will endure because it addresses both countries' concerns. But both countries do have concerns. It's important to admit, if we want to avoid repeating the suicidal uh, idiocy of August 1914 without excusing Putin's resort to aggressive war, we need to admit that truth. There's plenty of blame to go around, and both sides in this conflict will need to make concessions. And I'll never forget, i got to tell you, uh, going back through... You remember the, the, Christmas, the Christmas Eve in 1914 and how both sides came out of their pits and they celebrated? Well, the true story behind that is fascinating. They did a, a, a short movie about it, and then that led to a longer movie about it recently, which piqued my interest this past Christmas, and I shared that with my kids. I talked a little bit about it. You know, the, both sides had to force their soldiers to go back to fighting. They had to force their men, and they fired the commanders that were in charge and moved them elsewhere so that they could force their men to go back to fighting the conflict. I find that very fascinating. The article goes on to say, Russia's crimes are fairly obvious using a vastly superior military to invade a smaller weaker neighbor pretty much any news program will you, will fill you in on the latest Russian crimes real or invented you won't hear the Russian side since cable companies kicked RT news off of their platforms forcing it to close down its English language services so much for freedom of speech but then we gave up on that during COVID didn't we What were the provocations on the other side of the ledger? I wrote a week ago about how American leaders betrayed their promises after the end of the Soviet Union. They abandoned Ronald Reagan's war against communism and launched a new cold war against Russia and its people. Globalist uh, Democrats and neoconservative Republicans each found excuses to expand NATO closer and closer to Russia's borders, even before its corrupt post-Soviet democracy gave way to Putin's regime. Putin warned us that folding nearby Ukraine into NATO was a red line for Russians, as Soviet missiles in Cuba had been a red line for John F. Kennedy, and Obama didn't listen. The Obama administration set up a network of well-funded activists inside Ukraine to push the country away from neighboring Russia and into the arms of the West. When Ukrainians elected a pro-Russian government in 2014, our CIA helped overthrow it in a bloody coup, just the way we used to topple regimes in nearby client states like Honduras. It imprisoned its opponents and scoffed at the grievances of Ukraine's huge Russian minority. The article goes on to say that's the regime which is currently in power. Though the president's name has changed, the same regime had tried to help Hillary Clinton win in 2016 and sent millions in bribes to Joe Biden via Hunter. Moscow sees that regime, that regime as a U.S. puppet, and not without reason. Um. This is an interesting article that I'm going to link to. Uh, We should link to, Adrian. Maybe you can post this in all of our our, uh, live video feeds today. It says, the article goes on to say, remember that America's elite, its media, and its deep state spent four years accusing Russia in colluding with Donald Trump to steal the 2016 election. All of that, every bit was based on transparent lies that our top spooks knew were lies but chose to disseminate. Yes, that was meant to demonize Donald Trump and his voters, but it was also a gravely provocative act against Russia. Has anyone involved has anyone that who was involved apologized? Shouldn't they? How about the fall 2020 letter from a long list of veteran intelligence officers, both Clintonites and Bushites, assuring Americans that the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation campaign? Shouldn't Russians take offense at that? Our Western elites helped lay in the uh, in the kindling for the fire that is now raging, but they won't they won't pay the price. That's for the people of Ukraine to pay, in dead friends, lost homes, in desperate flights to refugee camps in foreign countries, none of the deep state spooks who consciously spread lies or conspired to overturn Ukraine's election or otherwise made it impossible to peacefully resolve Russia's concerns will shed a drop of blood or even a tear. That's for those of us who actually care about Ukraine's people. My organization, says Jason Jones, the Vulnerable People's Project is helping thousands of Ukrainians escape the front lines of war. I support their fight for national independence, but I want that independence to be real. A post-Ukraine war should not be NATO's cat's paw a buffer state where the West can poke Russia with a stick, then leave the locals to face the consequences. Even now, George Soros's despicable front groups are mobilizing to expand their influence in Ukraine to build more abortion clinics and spread more transgender madness. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum sees the new Ukraine as a lab where he can test his Great Reset, a world without cash or private property. Right now, we need some real heroes. Imagine if Russia's Russian soldiers started refusing to take part in unjust attacks. If Russian generals turned around and confronted Putin, demanding an end to this war. At the same time, Ukrainians need to get ready to rally and kick out the globalist anti-Christian agitators whom Obama, Biden, Soros and Schwab have honeycombed through their country ukrainians deserve better than putin's 1984 or nato's brave new world jason jones article over at the stream it's uh again i thought it was a very good read a very balanced read for sure and again it reminds me of several things one uh there's always it's always more complex than we would like it to be it's never so black and white as that you know and it, i've been listening to some commentary from some folks about putin and his motivations and i've been trying to find content on what the Russians are thinking and feeling right now and it's obviously a mixed bag if you were to uh, watch some of those videos you'll see people on the streets who fully support this and you'll see a lot of people who don't there have been thousands who have been arrested at their protest there have been many I don't know the count but there have been a a large number of Russians who are actually leaving Russia and going towards uh, Finland and other countries you know because of this and I saw a guy yesterday on uh doing a vlog who lives uh in russia he's born and raised lives there and he is he does a, a vlog in english and it's fascinating because he is uh he's trying to show what life is like in these circumstances in russia and gas prices he was at a dollar 89 a gallon the most expensive gas i think came up to like two or three dollars per gallon and that was i think for diesel or something so a dollar 89 per gallon well the national average in America is over four dollars now, you know, well over five dollars a gallon in, in California. And as I said over the weekend, I, I paid 389 per gallon in the state of Texas. And, in, and I've always said I would like to see. Uh, an an embargo, right? I would like to see a sanction on Russian gas in order to stop the tanks and the armored vehicles and the convoys. You know, you take gas from them and then boom. The problem is Russia has plenty of gas, so they're not going to worry about it. Whereas we are taking our strategic oil, which is meant for our military to operate in the worst case scenario. And we are hoping that that will solve our problems when it doesn't. Where is the drilling that's going to happen? I mean, we need to drill. We need to drill now in America and become energy independent. And as much as we would wish, pray, hope, that uh, renewable energy, such as uh, solar or wind, would solve all of our problems. The reality is, and we know this intimately here in the state of Texas, because uh, just over a year ago, we had a major crisis where we almost lost our entire electrical grid because, because we were too reliant upon renewable energies. And it did not help us we we were this close we were so close to losing the whole thing there's a lot to learn here and i do believe there are bad actors on both sides so we stand with the people in ukraine who are suffering we want to help them go to the vulnerable people project and help them by making a donation the greatcampaign.org hopefully we'll get jason on tomorrow we'll see we'll be right back more breaking news and stories karen garnett coming up next
7: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine? G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say, we don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs? Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time,
4: keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Breitbart reports White House disavows Graham's call for Putin assassination. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham is facing a backlash uh, from all corners of Washington after calling for the Russian people to end the Ukraine war by assassinating President Vladimir Putin. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki clarified Friday that it's not the position of the United States government. In Axios reports, PayPal suspends services in Russia over Ukraine invasion. PayPal, along with other payment processing companies, have shut down their services in Russia, citing Russia's military aggression in Ukraine. A slew of global businesses in every sector have abandoned Russia, including Google, Microsoft, and Boeing, among others. Just the News reports, U.S. gas prices surge at fastest rates since Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Prices jumped an average of roughly 10 cents nationwide overnight, according to data from AAA. Gas rates stood at an average of 392 uh, per gallon on Saturday morning, up from 383 on Friday. That's up 359 a week ago and 275 a year ago. The spiraling prices were last seen increasing so f- at so fast a rate when Hurricane Katrina battered the U.S. Gulf Coast disrupting oil refineries and destroying infrastructure, sending prices at the pump soaring for a brief period. And The Blaze reports Netflix asks federal judge to block prosecution over controversial Cuties film. Attorneys for Netflix filed a complaint in federal court arguing that prosecution accusing them of spreading child pornography over their film Cuties would be a violation of the First Amendment right to free speech. In October 2020, a grand jury indicted the company for the sexualized images of children under the age of 18. In a complaint, Netflix claimed that this one prosecutor, out of all the prosecutors in America, has indicted Netflix not just once, but five times. Each indictment violates the United States Constitution and comes in retaliation against Netflix's exercising its First Amendment rights to free speech and petition the government for redress. How about they just throw the book at them? That would make more sense to me. But uh, in any case, those were your headline news this morning. I'd love you.
3: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Karen Garnett is joining us right now. She is the VP of Culture and at Heroic Media and Executive Director of the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. Good morning to you, Karen Garnett.
5: Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, everyone.
3: Praise be to God. It's been a long time since we have talked to you, so we're glad to have you back on. Um, we're looking at potentially you know, one of the biggest events in the pro-life cause in the last 50 years, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. I'd like to start by asking you: What do you think the chances are that that will actually happen in June?
5: Yeah, um, you know what? We are very, very optimistic. We're hopeful, and we recently just did an interview um, with for our podcast show, our National Prayer Lunch for Life Prayer Life Impact Show, with Carter Sneed from University of Notre Dame, and that's going to be airing in early April. Both Carter and Robbie George at Princeton, some of the greatest scholars in our movement, in our country, uh, who've really been studying. their great court watchers. They are in agreement, um, hopefully optimistic and predicting. They're actually both predicting that we are going to get the victory that we've been praying for for so long. And They're predicting that it will either be a six to three or a five to four majority vote because of the composition of the court now that both Roe and Planned Parenthood Parenthood versus Casey from 1992 will both be reversed in at the end of June with this court with uh, taking up the, the Dobbs v. Jackson medical services case out of Mississippi. So we're really, really hopeful. Uh, We believe that with the addition to the court of Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, that we have the originalists on the court now who will properly interpret the Constitution, that there is absolutely no right to abortion anywhere in the Constitution. And these were just wrongly decided cases.
3: So let's just say, uh, praise be to God, that that does happen. And we uh, we see that case come down, overturned. What happens immediately after that?
5: So exactly what happens is there are a lot of people who feel like, oh, once Roe v. Wade is reversed and overturned, then abortion is just illegal everywhere and it's over. It goes back to a pre-Roe. That is not the case. What will happen is that it will go back to every state to determine how do they want to handle the issue of life, pre-born life, protection of pre-born life, in their state, in their local local community, more or less. And um, so what we're, look, what we're looking at is a patchwork, almost like a, a, a checkerboard of, of laws across the country. We We know that already there are 12 states that have trigger bans in place that upon the reversal, then they will outlaw abortion in their state, either wholly or in part. There are 26 states that are poised and ready to to pass restrictions on abortion. But that still leaves um, a lot of states in our country where in, in, in the example of California, New York, Illinois, some of the top abortion states already, the governor out in California has already said, well, we will make California an abortion sanctuary so that every, you know, in in other words, abortion will not be illegal in the United States. And just like what we're already seeing here in Texas, when the Heartbeat Act went uh, into effect back on September 1st, yes, abortions have drastically dropped within the state of Texas. But we actually know that a number of women who are still seeking abortions are just crossing state lines. Mm. And they're going to neighboring states where they can still get abortions so the work continues. Um, we were at the National Pro-Life Summit out in DC of the March for Life weekend. And Michael Knowles from Daily Wire made a great, he had a great statement and he said, when this happens, and, and we just, God, we've been laboring in this for so long and so many children have already been lost. But when it happens, it will actually be the, the end of the beginning. When you think about the first 50 years that we've been dealing with, this has been the beginning of the battle as as hard as the battle's been. That's going to be phase one has ended and now it shifts and we begin the second phase of the battle, which is really focusing on the state level like we've never done before. Yeah, that more than we've done before, more than we've done before, because the one thing that will change, you've asked what, what some of the changes might be. There won't be a national March for Life on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade because, you know, Roe will have gone in the ash heap of history, ash heap of history where it belongs. But Jeannie Mancini said, well, there will be focusing on state marches in the states where there are not already state marches to activate people that way. But the work absolutely continues to help save lives and, and to serve women who are in need.
4: I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, there's there's a uh, sort of a, a trend, you know, well, while- if a victory was to happen in the supreme court rose overturned we would have this sort of idea oh, okay well it's over uh so i'm i'm glad we're having this conversation as to to what what we would need to move towards uh after after this is overturned um i'm wondering what uh what uh, what what should people be aware of i mean how could people focus their efforts after this
5: well again it really means focusing more on the local level rather than the state. I mean, I'm sorry, rather than the federal level, mm. the national level, there's been so much effort. Now, absolutely, we need to continue to always be working to vote in uh, pro-life elected officials, so that laws will be passed that will be, you know, protect. But abortion is a, when it comes down to it, it's a local issue. It's a local issue. I mean, even when I first started in the movement, gosh, all the way back in 1989 and 90, one of, the, um, one of the scripture verses that was brought up was back in the Old Testament about when innocent blood was shed, the, the, the rabbis from the, the neighboring synagogues would need to go and they would look and see on within whose boundary line was the innocent blood shed so that hmm. that rabbi would need to go back to his, his temple to make atonement because the innocent blood was shed in their area. And that's what's happening with, with every abortion that happens. It's happening in the, in the local, there's a local abortion facility, and we need to do everything that we can to end that in our local community, but also make sure that we as individuals are trying to, seeking to serve and take care of the women who are in need in our local community it's almost like the uh principle of subsidiarity you know where we're right. going and and uh, coming around come, run running to her aid if if there were you know we think about it this way if someone were down the street and you know sadly about to kill their toddler you know and it was a crisis we would run to help to save the child but also help the mother uh, who's feeling like this is what she needs to do. So that's what we need to be focused on is the work of pregnancy centers will not go away because there will still be pregnant women, especially um, used to 50 years, the culture, it's, it's, it's you know, in everyone's mind, oh, abortion is an answer, I've got to do that. The demand for abortion will still be there. So we, we have to be there to help the pregnant mom who's thinking that that's a solution, the pregnancy centers still need to be there. The maternity homes still need to be there. Um, the, all of the support mechanisms still need to be in place even when Roe is reversed.
3: Well, we're just about a, a few moments away from having to go to a quick break. Karen Garnett is our guest. She is with the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. You can find more information about that, nationalprayerluncheonforlife.org. But we're going to continue our conversation just on the other side of, of a very quick break with, with Karen Garnett. I want to remind you that if you want to, if you're able to, uh, join us in our 2022 Lenten fasting campaign, Praying, Fasting, and Doing Penance, where offering up our sacrifices and sufferings for the conversion of grave sinners, heretics, blasphemers, the kind of people that we forget and never pray for, actually. We wanna pray for them this Lent, as well as peace in the whole world. And you can double up on one of our days by going to our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Go down, click on the CDT 2022 Lent Campaign link, and you will find all the information about what we're doing, how easy it is, what, what you could do to help and jump on one of these days and you'll sign up so do that today grn forward we'll, right we'll be right back coming up next
2: howdy this is adrian fonseca producer of the catholic drive time show heard monday through friday 6 a.m central and 7 a.m eastern right here on the guadalupe radio network and i'm proud to tell you that real estate for life is an underwriter of catholic drive time Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations, offering their clients a faith based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. The 40 days of Lent remind
6: us of when Jesus himself fasted and was tempted in the desert. In the Bible, 40 symbolizes a time of struggle, purification, and rebirth. 40 weeks is the time it takes a child to be developed in their mother's womb. Noah, in the ark, watched it rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the people of God were reborn after the flood. Moses went up Mount Sinai for 40 days to receive the commandments. And the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years to find the Promised Land. Jesus enters the wilderness for 40 days filled with the Holy Spirit. There, the devil tries to tempt Jesus with the same things the Israelites struggled with in the desert. Hunger, doubt, and obedience. But Jesus rebukes him, each time with quotes from the Old Testament. Let us seek a time of rebirth and purification these 40 days of Lent. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Karen Garnett is our guest. She is the uh, executive director of the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. You can find them linked up at nationalprayerluncheonforlife.org. She's also a VP over at Heroic Media, and it's good to have you back on our program, Karen. Good morning to you again. We're talking about the uh the, what the post-Roe v. Wade world looks like, especially from a pro-life organization standpoint. And I know that uh many uh in our audience, most I would imagine, are ardent pro-life supporters and probably have donated a lot of time and money to many pro-life organizations. 40 days for life, of course, is a big one that comes to mind. But there are so many others. I know in our area, there's, there's you know, several uh, pregnancy clinics and and, uh, and apostolates that are helping with moms walk through and beyond their their delivery of their babies. So talk to me about that. Do you see a a, a structural change? Do you think um you mentioned the pro life march might go away. Could it possibly transform into a celebration every year or do you think 40 days for life will remain in place? What do you see that from a from a organization standpoint? Karen Garnett.
5: Right, thank you. So for sure um 40 days for life would stay in you know operational wherever there is an abortion facility because that's where they that's where they they gather they have their campaigns out in front of abortion facilities or abortion referral facilities so even if even if abortion were um made illegal in a particular state if there's for example a Planned Parenthood that is still referring clients to cross state lines you know then then certainly forty days for life and and sidewalk advocates could still be in front of those places to offer alternatives to women who are actually coming um, in our case, Heroic Media, we do internet advertising. We go head to head against Planned Parenthood in the abortion industry every day when women are making their internet searches looking for abortion services. We, we place a competing ad that wow. would connect uh, them to a pregnancy center instead of an abortion facility. That work will absolutely not go away because um, the demand will still be there. Again, we still need pregnancy centers absolutely have to have the pro-life pregnancy centers to help walk with those moms through their pregnancies and help them make that life choice. It could end up being that if, if, a, if a state goes abortion facility free, that there may not need to be as quite as many um, pregnancy centers in a particular city. Some of them may end up joining forces and collaborating. Um, but yeah, they, I, I would say there's a chance that there would be, a. I can't speak for National March for Life uh, strategy, I would imagine there, there may be a celebratory march, but they've already said that their strategy is to focus on state marches because the, the main uh, mission of the National March for Life is to activate people, is to get mm. them out there, yes, to definitely to pray and to witness, but it's, it's to energize and activate people. To go back to their local communities and fight the battle there, and that's again, that's that's where that's where it's going to be. Of course, in states like again, California, New York, Illinois, all of those states that are abortion sanctuaries, um, we can also come alongside them and come alongside our brothers and sisters that are fighting the battle in those states, and um, you know, help them to try to make abortion to abolish abortion within their states. So. We we don't get to just go. Oh, we're done. Um, as long as there's a single abortion still happening in our country, we got to be there to try to stop it.
2: Amen. Amen. That's amazing. And no, one thing you you were talking in the last segment about your the story of a uh, of well in the Old Testament how people would if they were if they were executed or if someone was killed, an uh, innocent person was killed on someone's property. They need to find out within whose boundaries they died in. Now, that was interesting to me because uh, two things, two thoughts came to my mind. One was that uh, whenever I was traveling, so I always do, you know, I'm very into the pro-life movement in Texas in particular, and so I went to Dallas, to Austin, to Houston, obviously, I live in Houston, and I even went all the way out to El Paso for the March for Life uh, there. And one thing I noticed in El Paso was the fact that there were a lot of people from New Mexico, and they were talking about, oh, as soon as abortion becomes illegal in Texas – Immediately, New Mexico has plans set up already to become a, quote, sanctuary state for abortion. So they're going to start importing abortions. But the other thing that came to my mind is the idea that we need to make reparation for the sins of our own uh, state. Whenever we have these things that are happening in our state in particular, especially for us in Texas, because uh, this began right here in Dallas, Texas, all of this. Uh, and so it, we have to make reparations. So even if these, uh, when, uh, if and when, hopefully, God willing, it gets overturned, we have a lot to do in terms of making reparation for the outrages and sins that happen on our land. Uh, what say you, carrying on it?
5: Amen. That is absolutely exactly right. I mean, we, none of us asked for this. We didn't ask for it, but it it has happened on our watch. And so I, I you know, I'm a big St. John Paul II girl, right? I mean, 20, what is it? 27 years that he was Pope and as we were growing up and um, he said, we all, we are all involved and we, we all have an inescapable responsibility to choose to be unconditionally pro-life and to and it's urgent that we are involved and engaged in this. He, he also said, you know, woe to you if you do not succeed in defending life. So he had, I call him, you know, the Pope of life. He had so many amazing um, life exhortations to us as individuals as individual Catholics and Christians that uh, this is this is happening we we carry that burden with us it's not something that we need to just have out of our minds and we need to make reparation and pray every single day Um, one other thing I wanted to mention too is one of our nominees for this year's national pro-life impact award and impact grants is is an organization called Support After Abortion and they are the one, they are an gr- amazing organization providing connecting women who are especially women not just women women and men but connecting those who have been impacted by abortion and are suffering to healing there are so many beautiful healing ministries available out there but w- we help do nationwide consumer research where it was found a, jo- a jaw dropping statistic that nine out of 10, when surveyed, could not name where to go for healing after abortion, or they said Planned Parenthood was the place to go. Nine out Yikes. of 10 could not name a place to go for healing. And we have things like Rachel's Vineyard and you know, Project Rachel and a lot of different things like that, but people don't know about them. So again, once Roe is reversed, we still have the millions and millions and millions who are suffering from their own abortion experiences, those ministries will need to be continuing for as long as there is a need for healing.
4: Karen, uh, at, the, at the very same time, we are seeing a lot of abortion tourism uh, from across the border and uh, or people going across the border for abortions, um, especially here from Texas, and even people smuggling patients into the U.S. Um, is there anything in the works that you know of that is going to prevent any abortion tourism from the states that, as you mentioned, want to become uh, abortion sanctuaries.
5: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we are seeing that. We are absolutely seeing that this this whole uh, medication or chemical abortion abortion pill through the mail coming in from other countries. I mean that is that has gone up. Yeah, even in even in Texas, in the latest statistics in Texas, there were more medical, chemical abortions than there were surgical abortions. And that is that is the trend where it's going very, very serious. And so I know the state of Texas passed uh, a legislature passed that that would be illegal to have mailed abortion uh, pills to Mm -hmm. to, uh, your child. The trauma that this is what's what's uh, what we're seeing from that too. the trauma from that experience is 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 heightened because whereas surgical abortion was where people would go and it was the abortionist right who was killing the child in an a facility that was not your home now now the abortions are happening in the home and the home becomes the death place the home becomes the graveyard The the women are delivering their children they're seeing the you know they're seeing their babies, their aborted babies, and the and the trauma from that is is causing even greater you know emotional distress, and they 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 don't want to be at home because they realize oh this horrible thing happened here, so we have to do everything that we can to yes try to make that illegal, especially the the ones coming through the black market, and also get the word out about um help get the word out about the abortion pill reversal network, that there, there is success out there with um, abortion pill reversal, if, if it's caught early enough, and, and we can get them connected to a provider within the abortion pill reversal network.
3: Do you see that as the greatest challenge and or difficulty to pro-life work after a post Roe v. World
5: I, I think it's, I think it's really, it's, it's already, I mean, it's already become a challenge because of the, the, you know, the black market it's, it's, it's happening already. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where, if you want to call it where the puck is going, that is definitely where the puck is going. And, and again, we have to do everything that we can to, um, to build a culture of life within our local community and make sure people know, mm. I, I think that, you know, I, we live in a, it's hard out there when you, the culture is in the media and you know, everyone has been against against pro-lifers. And it's like, you know what, we really are. We really are the majority and we need to be, you know, apostles of life uh, so that everyone would know who who to call yeah. if they knew of someone who was in need and was contemplating abortion. If 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 you personally don't know right now, anyone who's listening don't know who to call in your community. If you don't know which pregnancy center to call to connect a mom to, make sure you're the person that your friend would call. Amen. If you know, if, if you first of all find out but also, make sure everybody knows. Don't don't let it be you know a vacuum where people don't know where to go Remember. for it. It's so important.
3: All right. Well, praise be to God. Karen Garnett, thank you for your time today. She's the executive director of the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. You can find more information over on their website, nationalprayerluncheonforlife.org. Karen Garnett, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. God bless y'all. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for joining us. We're very grateful. To Karen and uh, and for all of you for hanging out with us, do me a favor. Please do go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Jump on our email list while you're there. But uh, there's several things you can do. You can find our social streams there to include all of our live video streams are right there on our website, grn online.com forward slash cdt plus you can sign up and pick a day to suffer and offer it up for the conversion of grave sinners. we'll see you tomorrow morning
1: thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
0: and inspired
6: St. Benedict tells us to love fasting
8: and chastity, a very tall order.
6: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
8: We probably find each of those things difficult and often do not feel like loving them at all. But in his rule, St. Benedict reminds us that love is not just a good feeling. He teaches us that love is always a deliberate, intentional choice. Such choices take sacrifice and discipline, and that's where fasting and chastity come in. Their frequent practice can teach us self-control and help us in the hard work of becoming steadfast and strong in love.
6: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, monkcom
8: The next time we are struggling for self-control and not feeling particularly happy about it, we'll make it easier if we remind ourselves that we are training to become perfect in love.
3: It is Monday, March the 7th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. And we have survived our weekend, some of us barely, and others pretty good. Praise be to God. But we just wrapped up a great conversation with Karen Garnett from the National Prayer Luncheon for Life, talking about a post-real world. Great conversation. I enjoyed it. Rudy, good morning to you. How did you enjoy it?
6: Good
4: morning, Joe. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we definitely need to have this conversation to uh, to pivot ourselves, be prepared for the next battle because this isn't going to be a celebration victory for us uh, right off the bat. I mean, it would be it would yeah. be a fantastic thing to get Roe overturned, but we do have to think about the next battle.
3: I would love to see a pivot uh, to some degree. I don't want to give up on the pro life fight, but it, with that victory in hand i would love to see us turn now to address some other major concerns in our culture like uh the lgbtq agenda th- marriage things like mm-hmm. that would be fantastic but we'll see speaking of agendas adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you, adrian good morning i definitely
2: have a agenda yes it's true that's what you said right? Agenda, a, agenda or gender? Oh, an agenda. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh. Okay. Freudian slip. I, for hey, a second, I, I thought you were just like from New York or something. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey you got in my agenda, and I was like, oh, okay, my my mistake, how, my mistake. How does that go? Something like that. My my New Yorker in accent is uh is Yikes.
3: top dog, as one Hot might say. Dog. Yeah. Well, there you go, there you folks. Go. Praise be to God. So, uh, g- great weekend for some of us for sure. I did not have a great weekend. It was very uh difficult weekend to say the least uh, but I understand you had a birthday celebration Adrian praise be to God I Dave did. Palmer also celebrated a birthday OB March 4th weekend. the day before mine so did you guys get together did you uh, share kielbasa sausage on Saturday or I drove
2: out to Dallas it was great no I'm just kidding I didn't do any of that no my I had a my dad made barbecue my mom uh, made other foods we made a bunch of sides and we had a nice. bunch of my buddies over and we, uh, we did tug of war, three leg race, all sorts of things. Had a field day. It was great. Good times.
3: you has got Rudy. Mm-hmm. How about your weekend? What, what did you do?
4: Oh well, you know a little of this, little of that. Uh, for whatever reason, my baby likes to stay up on Fridays and Saturdays, <laughs> completely derailing the weekend. So <laughs> that's just uh, par for the course, you know, being first time parents. So yeah, it's Amen. Uh, well.
3: This too shall pass, as they say. Uh, So enjoy it while it lasts, because it won't last forever. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the day will come. You'll be like, oh, I miss those days. Those were good days. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have a great hour for you this hour. Of course, the first half hour is going to be good news. Saints of the day, gospel of the day. Plus, we'll have... Our game show, Fear and Trembling, coming up, praise be to God. And then in the second half of the hour, at least for a portion of it today, because it's Monday, we will have an after show where we conversate with you directly about whatever you want to talk about. You can, you can decide, you can drive that conversation. You are in charge. Just go and hang out with us on one of our live video streams, and you can comment there, all of which are linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And as you probably heard by now, we are in the midst of our 2022 CDT Lenten campaign, Prayer, Fasting, and Penance, offering up our sacrifices for the conversion of grave sinners, heretics, and blasphemers, the kind of people that we tend to never pray for, think about and dismiss. And so we want to pray for their conversion and reversion, of course. Uh, We also want to pray for peace in the world, and I want to thank Yvonne for doing that for us on Saturday. Lori Powell did that for us yesterday and today. Lucia, good morning to you, Lucia. Thank you for offering your day, your prayers, your fasting, and your penance today. And if you, dear listener, want to join us in that campaign, you can do so. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt click on the cdt 2022 linton campaign link it'll take you where you got to go and give you all the information you need and we would love to have you a part of our campaign again that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt all right we're going to jump in we're going to pray our golden arrow prayer which is a part of our campaign we hope that you will join us in this and uh, we will kick it off in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen may the most holy most sacred Most adorable, most incomprehensible, most unutterable name of God, be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos.
4: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports Dad quits drugs and undergoes incredible transformation so he can see his daughter. A single dad has undergone an incredible transformation after he got clean from drugs and gained 63 pounds so he could see his daughter. Austin Green, who's 27, said he started taking hard drugs when he was just 13 and they took over his life. However, after the birth of his daughter, who's now 8 years old, he knew he had to make a change in order to give her the best life he could. I looked like I was moments from death, Austin from Greenfield, Ohio said. It was destroying my daughter's heart. Austin's addiction started when he began drinking and smoking marijuana at the age of 11, as there was a culture of drugs with young people where he grew up in Leesburg, Ohio. He was then introduced to harder substances like crystal meth and heroin as a teenager. On September 16, 2013, Austin's daughter was born. Although he was smitten by her, unfortunately his addiction meant he lost custody over her when when she was 6. The thought of my daughter losing me forever is what really ate me up inside," he said. I was beginning to neglect my daughter after I always said I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a father to let my children down. Additionally, the addiction took a toll on Austin's health in many ways. He was diagnosed with Hepatitis B and C and a severe yeast infection on his spine in February 2019. He says, I was hospitalized and I wasn't able to walk for roughly six months. Every penny I got uh, went towards drugs for my fix, Austin recalled. I was selfish, and I did whatever I could do uh, for that day without any regard for how it might be make, however, excuse me, of how it might make whoever feel. In November 2020, he knew he had to make a change, so he started a detox program. He spent six months in a sober living facility, and he has been clean since December 21st, 2020. Before and after photos show Austin is now barely recognizable from his former self. He currently lives with his mother, Jamie Green and sees his daughter almost every week, every day of the week. She loves to make slime, color, puzzles, and playing outside. I just want people to know that there's always hope, even if it feels like there isn't, Austin said. You've gotta believe in yourself and find something that gives you a sense of purpose in life. He said, never give up and always strive to do the best that you can, no matter what. And that's really good news.
2: God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Paul the Simple. St. Paul the Simple was born around the mid-3rd century, and Paul was a farmer who, at the age of 60, discovered that his beautiful wife was having an affair. And so he left her to become a hermit, as one does. Approaching St. Anthony of the Desert, Paul indicated his desire to become a monk. Anthony responded by saying it would be quite impossible for a man of 60 years of age to adopt such a radical lifestyle. He instead encouraged Paul to be content with the life of being a thankful and pious laborer. Paul was unsatisfied with this answer and responded by pleading his will to learn. Anthony said that if he wished to be a monk, he should go to the Cenobium. With this, St. Anthony shut the door and Paul remained outside. But on the fourth day, St. Anthony, fearing lest he should die, took him in. He set him to work weaving a rope out of palm leaves and then made him undo what he had done and then do it again. That's got to be annoying. Some wax on wax off stuff right there. That night at dinner, St. Anthony took a crust of bread and gave three to Paul. When each had eaten one crust, Anthony told Paul to eat another. If you have another one, I will, said Paul. But not if you won't. I've had quite sufficient for one who is a monk, said Anthony. Paul replied, then one is enough for me, for I want to be a monk. St. Anthony continued to test Paul's endurance and humility through hard work, severe fasting with nightly vigils and constant singing of the psalms and prostrations. Anthony, who was impressed by Paul's dedication, permitted Paul a separate cell several miles away from his own. Eventually, it was said that Paul the Simple was able to cast out demons. Anthony, it is recorded, had passed a possessed youth, saying... I cannot help the boy, for I have not received the power over the prince of the demons. Paul the Simple, however, does have this gift. He died around 339 A.D. St. Paul the Simple, pray for us.
3: Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you uh, from the foundation of the world For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen. I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will say, he will answer them, Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ haydock's commentary said can there be any more forcible motive to charity than the assurance of revelation that the son of god will accept all good of offices done to the afflicted as done to himself this condensation, condescension of the part of Jesus Christ will fill the elect with sentiments of profound admiration and astonishment. Adrian, what did you find?
2: Yes, Cornelius Lapide had a ton of things to say on this passage. As uh, well, it's a very long passage, so of course, he had many things to say. I will focus on just two things. One thing is his comments on the corporal works of mercy that our Lord here lists. He's saying how the reason for the corporal works of mercy. There are manifold reasons, but the main reason is that it assists in directing the person's soul to God. Because without being able to have the food you need, without having shelter, without being clothed, without having these things, you are not able to think of higher things. You're not able to move yourself towards the eternal glory because all you can focus on is the material needs. So the reason why we help people when they're hungry, thirsty, these kind of things are at service to their souls, to their eternal souls. Of course, we should help people no matter what, because that is just the right thing to do. But ultimately, these things are directed toward the salvation of souls. And we have to keep that in mind. And this goes into the second point that I wanted to bring up. Cornelius Lapide says, There are six principal corporate works of mercy, which Christ here speaks of, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to take in strangers, to clothe the naked, to visit the sick, to comfort and redeem captives, to which may be added a seventh to bury the dead, which is commanded in Tobit. There are as many spiritual works of mercy, which Christ here would have us understand under the corporal works of mercy. They are as much superior to the corporal works as the soul is superior to the body. And they are to correct sinners, to instruct the ignorant, to give good advice to the perplexed, to pray to God for the salvation of our neighbors, to comfort the sorrowful, to bear injuries patiently, and to forgive injuries. Concerning these, St. Peter Cantius and the Opere Catechisto talks about. So this is what Cornelius Lapide focuses on. Why? Because the corporal works of mercy are at service to the spiritual works of mercy. Because what good is it to feed someone if they end up damned? What good is it to give someone clothes to wear if they do not know God? We have to, these things are at service to the spiritual works of mercy, which are the superior form of mercy. So let us also do the, we do the corporate works of mercy that's focused on, people talk about them all the time, but let us remember the spiritual works of mercy. Are we instructing the ignorant? Are we desiring the salvation of souls? Are we praying for the salvation of souls? Are we becoming catechists? Are we learning the faith so we can pass it on? Let's think about that today.
3: All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show where prizes are at stake and you don't even need to know the answers to win. that phone number to call is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. The first caller gets to be our contestant. If you've never played, I encourage you. It's a lot of fun. Prizes are at stake. Do so. It's at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Your Antrimeling is coming up
0: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics?
1: 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid-fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another
2: round of Fear and Trembling, <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants.
7: It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe
3: McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. But you have to promise me That you will not tell anybody my secrets or my agendas, not even on Twitter, all right? If you'll do that, then I will share with you what we do here. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. Learning things about your Catholic faith is always a good thing, right? Number two, we like to have fun. We like to have a laugh, and our callers are absolutely amazing. They laugh with us. They're a good time. And we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everyone involved. Praise be to God. But here is the kicker. If you're just joining us, I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. But the deal is, I will not ask our caller the questions. Instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision whom do they trust more, and then, of course, every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win?
4: Praise God! Our game show sponsor this week is Classic Catholic. The winner this week will receive a beautiful print of a Eucharistic chalice from a Benedictine Abbey design from 1908. My Lord and my God, every time you look at this print, you will think of the precious and holy blood of Jesus. Now, Catholic, Classic Catholic, rather, has many other fantastic illustrations on their Etsy page. Please check them out at Classic Catholic, one word. Thank you.
3: All right. Praise be to God. Classic Catholic, thanks for providing the prize this week. We're very excited about that. All right, let's go to the phones. Carol, CJ, Lucy, good morning to you. carol are you there good morning carol
0: oh hi good morning
3: good morning we're glad you're with us is cj and lucy there too yes hey good morning guys are you guys on your way to school
9: yes
3: praise be to god now where are you calling from
9: um well we live in dallas
10: Dallas where do you go
3: to church
9: St.
10: Mary's the Virgin in Arlington It's an ordinary
3: parish. How wonderful. Praise be to God. Isn't that uh, Dave Palmer's parish? Do you know who yes, Dave Palmer is? is? <laughs> I <laughs> sure <do>. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I'm only teasing. It was just, just his birthday, baby. too. It was just March his forward. birthday, too. All right. Well, Carol, CJ, and Lucy, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the rules work? Yes. Praise be to yes. God. Yes. Then you know I am on your side. It's us against Rudy and Adrian. <laughs> what? Are you ready? There we go. <laughs> Let's see if we can do this. We will start as is our custom, our tradition, our patrimony on the show with Rudy. Good morning to you, Rudy.
4: Good morning, Joe. Are you ready? I'm ready. And and by the way, what you just said constitutes war. I hope you know that. What what
3: war? You we don't believe against we're I'm Mm. I'm on their side. I'm just trying to help them get in the cup. Well, in either case, I'm ready. The tricky waters of Rudy and Adrian. (laughs) Rudy, are you ready? I am so ready, Joe. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a promise willingly made to do something pleasing to God is called what? Now, not many people know this, but
4: uh, in ancient times, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. back when the church was still new— a secret way of showing that you were going to promise something is you would take your pinky and you would make a pinky promise. You would just kind of intertwine two pinkies together. So like my answer- a pinky swear? A pinky
3: swear. Yes, exactly. Oh. Pinky promise. It was okay. a Christian tradition. Was it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Okay. Well, let's- uh, I think we should get a second opinion, guys. Let's just see how this goes. Why? Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? <laughs> I probably can. a uh, promise- a okay. willingly made to God, uh-huh. or made, hold on, let me start over. A promise, a promise willingly made to do something pleasing mm-hmm. to God. Pleasing to God. It's called what? Okay. Promise pleasing to God
2: called what? That would be a vow. There we go. A, your answer is a vow. Is a vow. Also, and I think pink. the pinky promise came from chopping off someone's pinky
3: if they lied. Seriously? Hmm. We need to have a fact check of what they say. We need to have a whole segment dedicated to fact-checking things that we say we think we know. We'll we'll ask them on April 1st. (laughs) All right. So your answer was a vow. Correct. Okay. Hmm. All right, Carol, CJ, Lucy, here is the deal. Adrian says it's a vow. Rudy says it's a pinky swear. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carol, CJ, and Lucy, what say you?
2: You're going with Adrian.
3: <laughs> You're oh, going with Adrian, that, really? and you admit That's that publicly. Pra- praise be to God. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yes, of course, pinkies. So swears. true.
2: So true. Way to go, <laughs> CJ and Lucy. Y'all are brilliant.
3: And I really hope no pinkies were harmed in the making of this game show today. Personally,
2: well, I still have both my pinkies.
3: <laughs> praise be so. to God. A vow. It is a vow. Correct answer. You're in the cup. You could win. Congratulations, but I'm gonna just be honest with you Since since I'm on your side this next question hardest ever These are easy the questions parts. easy peasy I, I don't I don't know where he's getting that hardest <laughs> of all time this one. So let's take it slowly We're gonna go to Adrian first. Oh Hey Adrian hey Joe can you tell me? No. All right. Moving on. <laughs> i Understandable. Adrian, what is the last uh-huh. chief yes. attribute right. of the Catholic Church after authority and infallibility? Oh, dude. Easy question.
2: What is the is last it? chief attribute of the Catholic Church after authority and infallibility? Well, mm-hmm. that's obviously. Okay. Clearly. Uh Uh-huh Certainly Uh, Yeah (laughs) Indubitably (laughs) Indubitably (laughs) Trying to think of 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 other Trying to think of other attributes that I could uh, Describe the church with Okay That's all I got That's all I can think of Okay The answer answer? The answer is Uh (laughs) Uh-huh I'm running out of time here I need an answer It is uh, Love 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 is your answer. Love is my answer (laughs) as the chief attribute (laughs) of the church. Suspectability
3: is what I was thinking. Okay, (laughs) let's go to uh, Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Can you tell me what is the last chief attribute of the Catholic Church after authority and infallibility comes what?
4: So attributes, so it's a, a description of what the church is. So the church's mm. authority, It's mm. it has infallibility, mm-hmm. it also has indefectibility. What does that
3: word mean? Indif- that's fancy. Yeah. Indefectibility. What does it mean? Huh. I don't Hope. know. Okay. Somebody well, told me. Carol, CJ, and Lucy, I promised you, hardest question ever. What is the last chief attribute of the Catholic Church? Is it indefectibility, as Brother Rudy seems to think, or is it love, as uh, Adrian stalled and took <laughs> forever to say? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carol, C.J., and Lucy. What say you?
6: Rudy. Rudy. Rudy.
3: Survey says
4: <laughs> so. Wise. Rudy.
3: Rudy. Duh. That was the hardest ever. Easy Part question. Of, so you should get, like, extra points for it, because that was, like, the hardest ever, I would say. Great, great job. Yeah. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right. We are running out of time, so let's go to the third question. We're going to go back to Brother Rudy, speaking of Rudy, with his third question. Rudy, can you tell me what title is given to one who has been beatified? That is going to be a blessed a blessed which is what okay. we should
4: endeavor to become
3: should we yeah all right praise be to God sounds good to me let's just see what Adrian says hey Adrian can Scary you thought. tell me uh, yes what, what title is mm-hmm. given to yes. one who has been beatified ah
2: yes that would be a martyr really yes Wow. hmm so martyr. true that comes from the Greek
3: Um, I actually don't
2: know. I don't know. Is that Greek, actually? I actually don't know. Yes, it is, actually. There
3: you go. Huh. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Carol, CJ, and Lucy, what is the title to one who has been beatified on their way to canonized? Is it martyr, as Adrian says, or is it blessed, as Rudy says? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carol, CJ, and Lucy, what say you? Blessed survey says so yeah nice. amazing perfect score three for three wow you guys are amazing we may have to do a stump cj and lucy and carol day i
2: think cj and lucy also identify as doctors <laughs>
3: <laughs> congratulations guys perfect score you were a lot of fun thanks for playing our game today Thank you. Ha- have a great day we're going to put you on hold to get your number but uh we just really appreciate having you on, having a good time, and that is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God uh, from a bunker somewhere in the deep in the heart of the swamp of Texas. We'll see Thank you back you here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us
1: on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
0: inspired. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
9: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the commemoration of the Saints Felicity and Perpetua. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. All glory, lot, and honor to the Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas on us ring. Thou art the King of Israel, Thou David's royal Son, Who in the Lord's name comest, The King and Blessed One.
10: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And And with with your spirit. spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, bring us to everlasting life.
9: Amen. Kiri e lehi son. Kiri song. lehi son. Christ e lehi son. Christ e lehi son. Kiri song.
10: son. son. Let us pray. Convert us, O God, our savior, and instruct our minds by heavenly teaching that we may benefit from the works of Lent. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
9: A reading from the book of Leviticus the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole assembly of the children of Israel and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not steal. You shall not lie or speak falsely to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, thus profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud or rob your neighbor. You shall not withhold overnight the wages of your day laborer. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not act dishonestly in rendering judgment, show neither partiality to the weak nor deference to the mighty, but judge your fellow men justly. You shall not go about spreading slander among your kin, nor shall you stand by idly when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am the Lord. You shall not bear hatred for your brother in your heart. Though you may have to reprove him, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your fellow countrymen. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, the word of the Lord. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Your Your words, words, Lord, are spirit spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Your Your words, words, Lord, are spirit spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you and with your spirit
10: a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew glory to you O Lord Jesus said to his disciples when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he will sit enthroned upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, What you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. At the very beginning of Lent, we were, were offered those three important instruments of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I think it was Saint John Chrysostom who reminded us that, you know, prayer without or fasting, fasting without prayer is basically dieting, (laughs) and prayer without fasting, you might say, would just be a babbling of words. But these, both of these, need almsgiving or charity in order for the lifeblood of them to really flow. I guess we could say that perhaps prayer and fasting without almsgiving is, as Saint James said, faith without works is dead in fact even Saint Paul reminds us in the book of the Romans for the kingdom of God does not mean food and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and he who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men this touches the gospel today because Jesus and this is a very important gospel for all of us touches upon those corporal works of mercy our faith really in action the works of mercy are those charitable actions by which we come to the aid of our neighbor in his spiritual and even bodily necessities. They are, of course, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to welcome the stranger, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned, and we could add that last one, to bury the dead. Every time we go to a funeral or we go to a funeral rosary, we are, as a corporal, work of mercy. We're helping to honor those who have gone before us. And we should say, we, we practice these actually every day. But as Pope Francis reminds us, in the poor, in the flesh, is the flesh of Christ. It becomes visible in the flesh of the tortured, the crushed, the scourged, the malnourished, the exiled, to be acknowledged, to be touched, to be cared for by us. It's when our faith really becomes kind of fleshy, very corporal. We need this in our spiritual life, especially in this holy season of Lent, to practice these corporal works of mercy uh, with great diligence to go out of our way in, our, in order to do these things. We already actually practice them probably each day. If you're a mother or a father, every time you feed your your, your starving uh, teenager or a child when they're screaming for food, that's a corporal work of mercy. When you can put their clothes on because they're too young to do it, that's a corporal work of mercy. But of course, the Lord invites us, and we know from the gospel today, to see those, to be aware of those, who need these things, and to answer that call. Or as one of the opening prayers of in the first days of Lent, that compunction of heart, that the, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are in need, would somehow strike our heart, and the mercy of, of God would flow through us. So we need to practice these more and more, and we do this when we are aware and more conscious of them. To kind of end, I remember us hearing a story of five brothers and you imagine the mother had her hands full. Five brothers, perhaps that illustrate very well the level or the depth of that charity that should come from us. So the five brothers, they're in each, each Lent, their whole family would get together and they would decide to give some kind of clothing for the poor. And their decision in a way reflects their personality. So the oldest brother... What does he do? Well, he goes to his younger brother's drawer and takes out his clothes <laughs> to give to the poor. The second brother opens his drawer and he takes out the first thing that's on top and he gives that to the poor. The third brother, he bought he he, he thought that he would he could finally decide what to give away. He would give away his favorite clothing, the one the one, you know, the jersey that he really liked. And so he gave that to the poor. The fourth brother gave away what he didn't like. <laughs> and finally, the fifth little, little little one didn't know what to do to decide, so he asked his mother what to do, what to pick. Maybe that's like us. We go to our blessed mother and say, well, we don't know what to do. We don't know what clothing it's time to give away. We can ask our blessed mother to help us. But it really is that one brother who gave away, in a sense, his favorite clothing, which that's where that compunction of heart, I think, is really shown. What do we give away? Do we give the way the best of what we have, uh, and sometimes we even give out of our and our necessity, our need, or do we simply give what we don't want? The Lord invites us in the Gospel today to make that prayer and fasting that we that we uh, use in this holy season of Lent active through these good works, the corporal works of mercy. May we may uh, we uh, exercise these with great love and devotion. Amen. We should pour forth prayers at all times, dear brothers and sisters, but above all in these days of Lent, we ought to watch more intently with Christ and direct our petitions more fervently to God. Let us pray for the whole Christian people that in this sacred time, they may be more abundantly nourished by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world that in lasting tranquility and peace, our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace and salvation, Pray in a special way for the situation in the ukraine
9: we pray to the lord lord hear our prayer
10: we pray for sinners and the neglectful that in this time of reconciliation they may return to christ we pray to the lord
9: lord hear our prayer
10: for ourselves that god may at last stir up in our hearts aversion for our sins and compunction of heart that we may practice the corporal works of mercy this holy season of lent we pray to the lord lord hear our prayer Pray for the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
10: Finally, we remember those who have died, and all the holy souls in purgatory, may they rest in peace. We pray to the
9: Lord. Lord, hear our prayer.
10: Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your people may turn to you with all their heart so that whatever they dare to ask in fitting prayer, they may receive by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen.
9: Amen. The glory of these forty days we celebrate with songs of praise for Christ by whom all things were made. Himself has fasted and has prayed. Alone and fasting Moses saw The loving God who gave the law And to Elijah fasting came The steeds and chariots of flame so daniel trained his mystic sight delivered from the lion's might and john the bridegroom's friend became the herald of messiah's name
10: pray dearly beloved my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to god the almighty
9: father May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May this devotion, devote,
10: devout oblation be acceptable to you, O Lord, that by your power it may sanctify our manner of life and gain for us your conciliation and pardon through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you For you will that our self-denial should give you thanks. Humble our sinful pride, Contribute to the feeding of the poor, And so help us imitate you in your kindness. And so we glorify you with countless angels, As with one voice of praise we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus,
9: Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Sunt Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in Domine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis.
10: with Saint Perpetua and Felicity and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence, we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you, in your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father,
9: Anius Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, misere re nobis. Anius Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem.
10: Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me, says the Lord. Come, you blessed of my Father, receive the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world.
9: Godhead here in hiding, Whom I do adore, Masked by these bare shadows, Shape and nothing more, See, Lord, at thy service, Low lies here a heart, Lost all, lost in wonder, At the God Thou art. Seeing, touching, tasting, Are in Thee deceived. How says trusty hearing, That shall be believed. What God's Son has told me, Take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there's nothing true. On the cross thy Godhead made no sign to men. Here thy very manhood steals from human ken. Both are my confession. Both are my belief. And I pray the prayer of, of the dying thief. Let us pray.
10: We pray, O Lord, that in receiving your sacrament, we may experience help in mind and body, so that kept safe in both, we may glory in the fullness of heavenly healing through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. spirit, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth. The mass is ended. Thanks,
9: Thanks be, be to, to God. Salve Regina, mater vita espace Hexules filii have hay ate suspir ramus et flentes in ho lacrimarum vale he ha herko nostra, e host Misericordes hose Ad nos converte, et pet benedictum ben he fructum ventris tu he, nobis, post hoc exilium, o stande. o ho ho o ho ho o ho, O Virgo Maria.
5: Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions.
4: We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord,
5: From hatred,
4: fornication, and envy, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage,
5: and death,
7: we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: From every thought of suicide and abortion,
7: we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: From every form of sinful sexuality, we
7: implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: From every division in our family and every harmful friendship,
4: we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult,
4: we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: Thou who said, Peace I leave with